Oh boy, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for the Devils and rather quickly. And this continues to be a trend this season in which the Devils step up their games in the marquee matchups, but against teams that are below them, they leave a lot of points on the table. What went wrong? We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. has got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky Plumber Play Announcer. Dells are for Bucks and Pitchforks and also part-time credential meal member Trey Matthews. On Saturday, the New Jersey Devils played probably their best game of the season on a humongous stage at MetLife Stadium. And on Tuesday, they played probably their worst game of the season to the Washington Capitals, losing by a score of 6-2. to In the first segment, I will share some of my key takeaways from the game and what I noticed as it progressed. In the second segment, we're going to highlight some players that pretty much sank the ship for the Devils. And then in the third and final segment, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So let's start off with some background information because I just said that this was probably one of the worst losses of the season for the Devils. Now, why is that the case? Well, let's look at the out-of-town scoreboard. The Islanders beat the Penguins 5-4 to four in overtime. And now the Islanders are tied for the fourth position in the Metro with 60 points alongside with the Devils. And the fact that the Devils did not rack up a single point against the Capitals, who are now on a two-game winning streak, that was worst-case scenario for the Devils to try to gain some even more ground in the Metro. I talked about it in my previous post-game recap episode The Devils, after the conclusion of the Flyers game, had tallied seven points in their last five outings. And I said, every point is so crucial because the Devils are trying to find their way into a playoff position, whether it's via the Metro or via the wild card. And to make matters worse, the Capitals were two for their last 10 entering this game, and they now won the season series three games to one. It seems like the Capitals always have the Devils number because this is a matchup that is supposed to favor the Devils, but somehow, some way, they shoot themselves in the foot when taking on the Caps. Here's something I'm going to do a little bit differently. As you guys know, when the Devils win a game, I like to do my personal three stars of the game. Usually when I'm recapping a loss, I don't do that. But I'm going to look at the three stars of the game by the NHL. The first star was Connor McMichael, who secured himself two goals. You want to know a fun fact? Entering this game, McMichael had eight goals. So at the end of this game, he already had 25% of his regular season total. Then let's look at Charlie Lindgren. In the previous game against the Colorado Avalanche, he saw 35 shots and four goals went past him. The Devils had 39 shots on him. And they only tallied two goals, albeit the Devils were horrendous defensively. And Nico Dawes, unfortunately, he might be a little fatigued. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But nonetheless, Charlie Lindgren just played out of his mind. 
And now the third star, something I'm not really going to harp on too much because he's an exception, but Alexander Ovechkin walked away with three points this game. He had two goals and one assist. This is the first time this season in which Ovechkin finished a game with three points. Now, here's the thing. Ovechkin is obviously one of the greatest players to ever play this game. I'm going to give him an exception, but it's just so funny that for the first time this year, he walked away with three points in a game, and it was at the expense of the Devils. When looking at this matchup for the Devils, it seemed like luck was just not on their side for the first two periods, but then the third period, they absolutely deserved to lose the game. First period, they allowed McMichael to score the first goal of the game within the first 30 seconds. Tick for tack, I guess the hockey gods have a weird way of sending a team karma because if you guys recall, in the stadium series, Nico Kiescher scored the first goal of the game within the first 30 seconds. And now the Devils uh, get a taste of their own medicine. But at the end of the period, the Devils tied the game thanks to Alexander Holtz because Shimon the Mets, he had a great takeaway, and Alexander Holtz, he just finished and had a good opportunity on Lindgren. And the thing is, is like Shimon the Mets, his stick work is very underrated because that was a great feed, and that was just a better uh, play to get possession of the puck. And for Alexander Holtz, he got rewarded for getting the party started for the Devils offensively because they were just snake-bitten for the first two periods, in my opinion. And I'll talk about that momentarily. But for Alexander Holtz, he was brought up to the third line alongside with Curtis Lazar and Timo Meyer. Lindy Ruff revealed post-game that he was trying to reward Holtz for getting the offense going for Devils because it seemed like Alexander Holtz had the hot hand and the Devils were just trying to search for that offensive tempo. And I'm glad that Lindy Ruff kind of came to his senses in that sort of way because one of the main talking points throughout the course of the season is that Despite Alexander Holtz putting up some decent offensive numbers, it seems like he's never given a chance. But at the conclusion of the first period, the game was tied, one a pop. Devils had 10 shots on Lindgren, and the Capitals had eight on Dawes. But the big thing was the second period, in which the Devils had 17 shots on Lindgren, and the Capitals had seven. But yet, after the second period, the Capitals were leading two to one. The Devils were just once again, absolutely snake-bitten. And Ken Danico acknowledged on air, he said, despite the Capitals sometimes getting outplayed, they're very opportunistic. They take advantage of the small opportunities that are given to them. And I think the Devils can learn a thing or two from the Capitals because, like Dano said, it just sometimes it just is a matter of, like, can you capitalize on the small chances that are given to you because you might not be given those chances down the road. The third period was just an absolute nightmare. After Strom made it a three to one game, you just knew in your heart to heart that the Devils weren't going to come away with the victory because you could just see from their body language. And Nico Heischer acknowledged it post game that it, the Devils just uh, lost their sense of urgency. And a three one lead is not insurmountable. It's still very plausible to come back, but you got to get going like right now. And Nico Heischer said that his team did not do so. And when Alexander Ovechkin got his first goal of the game, making it four to one, it was over. It was curtains for a devil. And remember what I said at the beginning of the episode that the devils allowed for a, a lot of unlikely circumstances to happen to them. The examples I gave were McMichael, Lindgren, and even Ovechkin. But Ovechkin, I'm going to give a pass because he's one of the greatest players to ever play. So I'm not really going to harp on that. But Michael Scarbosa 
got his first goal of the season to make it five to one Capitals. And if it wasn't over, it was over at that point. Eric Halla, he had a nice goal, backhander attempt, and he stopped the bleeding a bit. And Brendan Smith, he had to redeem himself. He got the secondary assist because it seemed like uh, Brendan Smith was out there for every single Capitals goal. And it's plus minus not really all that pretty, but it, it was just, it was too little too late. And Alexander Ovechkin, he decided to add one more to the Capitals total towards the end of the game. Literally, there was like less than a minute remaining. Jonas Siegenthaler, he was in the penalty box, which, by the way, welcome back, Siegs. Uh, you're going to add more depth to the Devils' uh, blue line, but we'll talk about that in the second segment. Ovechkin capitalized on a power play goal, and it was 6-2 to Capitals. And I would say that was one of, if not the worst performance of the season for the Devils because of what it meant, because this is a time for you to gain points. This is a time for you to try to take advantage of an opportunity because one of the main talking points this season is that the Devils have been leaving a lot of points on the table because they've lost to the Sharks. They've lost to the Ducks. They've lost to the Canadians. They've lost to the Blue Jackets. They've now lost to the Capitals three times, four matchups this season, and you lost three times, 75% of those outings. You couldn't even split the season series to try to get yourself just a couple extra points. I think all in all, if we factor in some of the games that the Devils should not have lost this season, even going back to the very beginning of the year when they took on the Arizona Coyotes' second game of the season, that's about 18 points that have been left on the table for the Devils, and or let's just cut it in half, like nine points or, or so. That is very significant, and that's going to leave you tossing and turning at night if you miss the playoffs. All in all, the Devils cannot keep affording to do this, and all will be forgiven if the Devils win on Thursday against the New York Rangers. Let, let me make that perfectly clear. But now you just turned a, a situation into a must-win scenario because you can't afford to go on another losing streak. You don't have any points to play with because you're using up all of your lifelines, and we're still in late February. There's still a couple of months to be played before we determine as to whether or not the Devils will make the playoffs or not. Just a piss poor outing. It started off pretty decent, but it just got worse, especially in the third period. And the fact that the Devils allowed for a lot of these unlikely circumstances to happen, with the exception of Ovechkin, it, it just speaks volume as to how bad an outing this was for Devils, especially since they performed very good in the last matchup against the Flyers. That second period, not that great, but Nico Dawes, he was phenomenal in between the pipes. And we'll talk about him momentarily. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about eBay Motors. So passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Okay, let's highlight some players that weren't all that good for the Devils in this game. Before we get into that, though, I want to welcome back Jonas Siegenthaler because one of the big talking points 
these last few weeks is that the Devils have been very spread thin when it comes to their blue line. And losing people like Jonas Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton, and Brendan Smith, it didn't really do them any favors because now your options are starting to wane and wane and wane. And now Jonas Siegenthaler, Brendan Smith, both back. But we need to talk about Brendan Smith in this outing because he had probably one of his best performances in a devil sweater in the outdoor game. But in this matchup against the Capitals, he was putrid and the numbers show it. He was paired alongside with Luke Hughes and that defensive pairing was horrendously terrible. It was so bad. The numbers do it justice. The eye test does it justice. You don't even have to look at any advanced analytics. You just saw that Brendan Smith and Luke Hughes, they would just get burned. And get this, even though Brendan Smith had the least amount of ice time amongst all the defensemen, it seemed like he was on the rink for a majority of those Capitals goals, if my memory serves me well. His plus minus, not really all that pretty. He had a plus minus rating of minus three, which was a team worse. Lindy Ruff has this saying, which is, if you don't want to see your role diminish, if you don't want to get benched, don't get scored on. And I think he was referring to Alexander Holtz in that case. But here's where I think Lindy Ruff is being a little hypocritical. Has Alexander Holtz been the perfect player? No. But I think there's other players that haven't really uh, done good in certain games, and yet they're still given a big chance. And I think Brendan Smith is the epitome of it. I, I do like what Brendan Smith brings behind closed doors. I like the veteran leadership. I know the players seem to like him. He seems like a great guy. Every time I talk to him, every time I interview him, he's always well-spoken. He goes into great detail. He's not afraid to tell it how it is. I love Brendan Smith. He's an absolute character. But when we talk about the on-ice product, I think Lindy Ruff has one of two choices, which is option A, you scratch Brendan Smith in the next game if John Marino is ready to play because John Marino was scratching his game due to illness. And now since Jonas Siegenthal is back onto uh, the rink, it's just like a matter of who's going to get scratched. Is it going to be Brendan Smith? Is it going to be Colin Miller? That was the debate throughout the course of the day. But when it was revealed that John Marino was dealing with an illness, that made things a little easier for Lindy Ruff. But that illness is not going to last forever. John Marino will come back sooner rather than later. So now who's going to get scratched? I think, unfortunately, given this outing and given what was at stake for the Devils in terms of points, I think you do have to scratch Brendan Smith. And I'm not saying he has to be a consistent scratch, but I don't think he deserves to play in the next game against the Rangers because the stakes for that game are even higher because, like I said in the first segment, that's sort of a must-win because the Devils cannot afford to go on a losing streak. And it doesn't seem like Brendan Smith is carrying that momentum that he had in the game uh, at MetLife Stadium in which he had a multi-point performance. And believe it or not, Brendan Smith is on a two-game point streak. But that's beside the point. Option two, you got to convert him to a forward. I think Brendan Smith is a better forward than he is a defenseman. I like him as a forward because he brings sort of that physicality. And I think a lot of people can back me up on that. I think Brendan Smith, he's more comfortable and his play style fits a little bit better if he's a forward. And look what he did in the outdoor game because he was out in front of Urson and he was able to score it. Like he he corralled his own rebound attempt and found the back of the net. And there was no reason for him to be in that position, in my opinion. And I think uh, if he was a forward, that'd be perfectly okay. I think he he get more opportunities like that. If you could just find a way to make him a forward more consistently, I think that's all right. But 
when we're talking about the game against the Rangers, I don't think Brendan Smith will suit up against his former team if John Marino is ready to go. Second player I need to talk about, Nico Dawes. Now, I just want to make something perfectly clear. This loss is not on Nico Dawes. I'm not trying to say that, but the kid needs a rest. This was his, what, fifth straight game starting in net for the Devils. I get that the Devils are trying to ride the hot hand. Vitek Vanacek, he's still dealing with his lower body injury. And Akira Schmidt, it's just a big question mark because he wasn't really all that good in Utica. But can I please send this message to Lindy Ruff, which is, Please don't give Nico Dawes the same treatment that Coy Schneider was given, what Mackenzie Blackwood was given, because that's very unfair for him. And it's a lot of pressure to put on this kid who had hip surgery last season. I get it. He's been phenomenal in that. He's been fantastic. He knows where to position himself. He's very quick. He's been uh, very consistent. And it seems like he's been that hope for the Devils to try to help turn this season around. But I think the game against the Capitals, that was the best opportunity to put Akira Schmidt in. Now, I'm not guaranteeing a win or anything, but I think Nico Dawes needs to be fully rested for the game uh, against the Rangers on Thursday because that's a big outing. So why play him against the Capitals? Because let's face it, I, and once again, this loss is not on him, but he wasn't. he didn't have his sharpest game, and I think a lot of people can agree to that. And part of that is fatigue. So once again, I like it, Nico Dawes. I like what he brings. I love him in net. But we need to give the kid a rest because you don't want to overwork him and, and expose him to injury. He has a very bright future. Let's not make the same mistake that, uh, what, that happened to Corey Schneider and Mackenzie Blackwood. Corey Schneider got off to a very good start, went downhill as his tenure progressed with the Devils. Mackenzie Blackwood never reached his full potential, and that was not fair to him. He was a scapegoat for a lot of people, including me at times. But I knew that Mackenzie Blackwood was still a good goalie. Jack Hughes on a winger. Okay, I get what Lindy Ruff is trying to do here. If we look at the starting centers for the Devils, Nico Heischer, Eric Halla, Curtis Lazar, Tomas Nosek. It seems like Lindy is trying to make his centers more defensive-minded because Nico Heischer, two-way player, he's sort of an exception. Eric Halla, he is capable of scoring, but remember, the reason why Devils fans and Devils discourse, Devils media, the reason why we love Eric Halla so much is because he does the dirty work in the corners, he does face-offs, and he is very good on special teams. Curtis Lazar, he's been clutch this year, but in his words, it's meat and potatoes type hockey, and that's what he brings more times than not. He has had a couple of clutch moments, don't get me wrong, but Curtis Lazar, his, his bread and butter, is playing an aggressive game. Tomas Nosek, I know it hasn't been the smoothest transition, but remember what he did for the Bruins last year in terms of face-offs, in terms of hits. I think Tomas Nosek still has a lot of untapped potential to showcase to the Devils, and he's been around the block before. So once again, those centers focus heavily on defense, and Jack Hughes, I'm not saying his defense is bad or anything, but his uh, mindset is more offense and rightfully so. But I don't think his defense is so bad to the point where you have to put him on a winger. Then Lindy Ruff tried this experiment a couple years ago and it didn't work. Like he wanted to keep Nico Keisher, Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes together. So what did he do? He made Nico Keisher the center. He made Jesper Bratt a winger and he also made Jack Hughes a winger. That line was way too top heavy. That was not going to work. And after a couple of games, he said, no, no more, because it, it did not work in the way he wanted to work. And I agreed with him. And in this case, 
Jack Hughes looked very invisible in this game against the Capitals. Sometimes I'm forgetting that Jack Hughes is out there and he's not injured anymore. Jack Hughes has a lot to showcase and he's very adaptable, but I think he should go back to center. And I get that his defense isn't the best, but I don't think it's that bad to the point where you need to take him off his natural position. And speaking of which, Timo Meyer is not a left winger. That needs to end right here, right now. Something's got to change. As you guys know, I usually go to bat for Lindy Ruff. I don't want to see him fired, but that doesn't mean I agree with every little thing he does. And that's just something I noticed in this game against the Capitals, which is Brendan Smith was bad, and I don't think he deserves to play in the next game because he was out there on the rank for a good majority of the Capitals' goals. Nico Dawes needs a rest. You can't overwork him. I don't know why you didn't put Akira Schmidt in against a lesser opponent. Now you you now are you going to put Akira Schmidt against the Rangers? He had success last year against the Rangers, but it's just like this is a new season. Jack Hughes, get him off winger, put him back at center. Timo Meyer, get him off the left wing. Those are just some of the things I noticed in this matchup for the Devils in their embarrassing loss to the Capitals. So I'm going to compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and get out of here. But before we continue, let me tell you about Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so that way you can connect with candidates a lot faster. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support my show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I've actually used Indeed before to find myself some play-by-play gigs. And now let me tell you guys about FanDuel because I want you guys to make some extra money. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. So bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Okay. Let me do what I do every post-game recap episode. Compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, get out of here. Shots on goal differential, 39-26 to 26 in favor of the Devils. They were chugging along the first two periods, but they gave up on themselves in that, in that third one. And Lindgren was just a man on fire. I don't know what it is for Devils. Sometimes they just run into hot goaltending at the most inopportune times. Face-off percentage, 62.1% to the Devils, 37.9% to the Capitals. Power play. Capitals were one for one thanks to Alexander Ovechkin very late in the third period. Devils were 0 for 2. Penalty minutes, 4 to 2 in favor of the Capitals. Hits, 17 to 15 in favor of the Devils. Block shots, 16 to 15 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways. Capitals led the department, 7 to 6. Takeaways, 10 to 7 in favor of the Caps. If I had to give the Devils a letter grade, this was one of their worst performances of the season. F. Just piss poor effort. And unfortunately, they gave up on themselves. And as a result, I have to give up on them too in this matchup. F all around. This was just not good from an outside perspective, from a playing perspective, 
and everything that happened to the Devils, out-of-town scoreboard, not executing correctly, players not doing their jobs, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Isn't that called Murphy's Law or something like that, where everything that can go wrong will go wrong? That's where I stand. Devils have a big game on Thursday against the Rangers. Rangers are still first in the Metro. We'll see how that one goes. But I always say the Devils, they step up their games in marquee matchups. But in these games against teams that are below them, they always seem to leave a lot of points on the table. And it just comes back to bite them. And hopefully they're uh, able to turn around rather quickly. I'm sure Lindy Ruff is going to uh, give them the business if and when they do uh, have practice on Wednesday. But as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys next episode. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMat4 or the show's X page app at Locked On Devils. Thanks for listening once again.